Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The driver's seat. It's Redemption Day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. For Kubota, together we are building Australia. It is the driver's seat. Remember, you can listen to Matt and Steve live on a Wednesday night from 7pm to 9pm Eastern Standard Time as the lads cover everything that happens in the BP Supercar All-Star E-Series as it happens. Big, big show Wednesday night. It got international. The North American round of the E-Series Championship was there. And beforehand, we caught up with uh, Brad Jones from Brad Jones Racing. He was our feature interview for IMAR Insurance, the tradies mate. Call 13IMAR. And he was good enough to have a chat with us before the race even started. Brad Jones, welcome to the driver's seat goes iRacing. Hello. <laughs> we couldn't Brad. talk. Okay, Bradley, we couldn't talk to you last week because you were playing spotter, spotter for your son. Spotter, and yeah. not, did you get sacked or something? How come you can talk to us this week? No, no, I'm still here. I'm You're still, still there. Here. Still doing it. But but I got I, I semi got replaced. Oh yeah, with this two of one of the engineers <laughs> and I here, and so we um you know not that we're taking it seriously, but um yeah, so we're on it. We're on point. And how have you been feeling about Macaulay's efforts so far uh, in the E series? Well, has he has he flown the flag? He's he's not really driven one of these things much. So you know, and he's been running around wing cup a fair bit. And I said to him, normally that's a pretty good position to be in, dude. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, he's good. He's improving. He's spending a lot of time on it. So it's um, and it's actually really good. To get involved in and watch, you know, I'm really enjoying it. To tell you the truth, when you can't have real motorsport going on, it's uh, an opportunity to, you know, and certainly when the race is on and we got the race face on, all working out fuel and tyres and strategy, it's just like a race. So it's actually good. You know, it's quite quite enjoyable when things go good. Um, it's great, and when things don't, it's <laughs> disappointing to say the least. Yeah, it might. It's. Um, it- I don't think anybody could have attributed to, you know, just how much goes into it, especially when you watch some of the guys' uh, Twitch feeds now and you you hear two or three voices in their ears uh, telling them what to do or who's where, what fuel, obviously in the first few rounds when fuel was was a major factor. But um, uh, And then you go on to other things, like you watch Scotty Mack and a few of the other guys running some of the IndyCar races, uh, like the E-Series over there, and just what they're going through with learning how to use spotters and that sort of stuff on the ovals. It's, it's, it's quite intriguing for, for me anyway because you just don't realise how much is going on. No, that's true. Watching, watching Scotty and his, his spotter and IndyCar stuff is interesting. But I'm learning lots of new stuff, right? So, like, Twitch feed. Who thought that name up? I, I don't know. What? I, I have no idea who thought up yeah, Twitch feed. There's, it's there's a few things thing. like that. But it's it's an interesting time, Brad, because you know what we're doing with the E Series right now is obviously 
serving a purpose. It's getting great ratings. Yeah. Uh, it's getting a good value for our sponsors at the moment. And your business um, particularly runs the rolling sponsorship model on the, the Nick Perkat car. What's the feedback that you've been getting from his partners and your other partners about this virtual world? Is it it's obviously not as good as the genuine, but is it still getting plenty of traction in the corporate world from your end? Yeah, it is. And um, we've got a new sponsor for Todd Hazelwood this weekend. So Military Great Brute are sponsoring him for the next four races. So we've been able to do a few little deals and, and um, it is working well. I mean, it rates well on television. It's better than a Friday practice with the real cars. It's somewhere between that and a Saturday race. So so it's it's actually looking all right. And, and as you said, we're start. I mean, if I've got to watch one more repeat or, you know, another football game, it's like, man, it's going to be brain damage. So um, it, it's, it's something new. And, and the great thing about our E-Series is all our, all our serious guys are in it. So that must, that's what makes us unique. So you don't end up with some kid you've never heard of as they do in Comma 1 beating all the, all the hot shots. And, and anyway, half of them won't go in. Like, you don't see Lewis Hamilton there or you know, a whole heap of them. So Vettel hasn't had a go yet. So yeah. that's a great thing about our E-Series. I think supercars have done a, a really smart move to get um, all, all our regular guys competing in this championship. What about what about guys that we see a lot uh, overseas that, that are joining us? You know, like obviously we've had Will Power. Tonight we've got Marcus Ambrose. We've got Joey Logano, who's a big big hitter in NASCAR. So it's really cool having these guys on, I think, and it really brings a little bit more of that side of things from the States over to here for us uh, Aussies to watch. 100%. I think it makes a huge difference. It gives them it, – it, um, you know, you look at the Facebook um, numbers that, that Joss, uh, that Joss Vanstab is talking about his old man, um, mm. that Verstappen bought, and it's really impressive. So I think it exposes them even more to us. And one of the interesting thing, I, things I think is um, our virtual cars are as difficult to drive as they were race cars. And so you look at Joey tonight, he's, he's a little bit at sea. You know, they're just not that easy. Mind you, those virtual glasses like Ambrose had and Power had on last week, they look like scuba divers, don't they? They <laughs> yeah. don't look like they, uh, they're driving a car. Mate, how do you how do you go on a sim? You uh, you know we've, really, we've spoken to Dick really Johnson. Average. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he could he couldn't do it either. We've been watching no. Stevie J here do his his esports cup thing, and he, he couldn't drive good. a greasy stick. I watched him. No, no he, he, mate, he's I, been a shocker. You might have been watching Jet. He raced the other night. Yeah, actually, well, Paulie and I had a cracking last few laps, didn't we, Brad? It was really good fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, you sure good. you weren't watching I'm, Jet I'm Johnson? I'm enjoying the whole thing. It's frustrating to drive, though, man. It, it's very hard, and I think that what what is hard about it is you just haven't got that that feel, that bum feel of yeah. the yeah. car. So if it starts to slide, you've really got to. Um, react quickly with your eyes to the screen and not so much the feel of the car. So it takes a lot to get used yeah. to. And that's why these guys, like, I mean, I know Scotty Mack, he's in it six, seven hours a day, you know, and that's why they're so fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, he gets up at four o'clock to do that any car stuff. I don't think yeah. I've gotten up at four o'clock in the morning for anything. <laughs> Come home at four o'clock, maybe. Hey, uh, the, like... the, <laughs> the, the ratings for E-Series, We, you know, we're into our fourth round 
uh, this week. So it's been going for a month. Uh, they talked about some uh, some ratings during the week. I find them absolutely extraordinary. On Fox Sports alone, week three, 76,000 people tuned into the coverage. That's not to mention all the Facebook stuff and the websites and this, that and the other thing. Whereas you get yeah. a thing like Maddie Johns' Rugby League show and the AFL Bounce show, they're at numbers of 35,000. Can you believe that the reaction that the supercar fans have had to this? Well, I think it's sensational. Exactly to your point, you know, those blokes have been, uh, all those other shows are uh, regular uh, shows that they do, and we're in the top five on a um, on a Wednesday night. I think it's sensational, and really, there's only a couple of thousand between us and second place. So, so look, I think the fans are enjoying it. I certainly, um, I think it's great for the sponsors. Everyone's getting on board. The racing's good. It's all it's all done in the right vein, and um, it's really positive stuff. Hey, so Brad, if in the future of this, there's maybe something like a celebrity style of e-race that they may be looking at doing that I think they should, um, would you be keen? There's not enough time for me to learn how to do it. If it was in a year's time, what, I still probably couldn't get up. What about if I could guarantee you that one Dick Johnson would be on the grid? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah. Get yeah. all the old stuff. Get Johnny Bowie. What are you doing, to make, him do, what are you doing yeah. to make him do it? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Your, I don't your, know. Your I, pictures of him or something? No, no, mate. I just make. I just to let him know that he can't visit his grandkids for a month. <laughs> let him be yeah, straight on that's it. That's right. <laughs> he, he, he comes over to say hello. You trip him and push him into it. And he's like, "What's this? <laughs> oh, the race is about to start." I reckon if there's a can of Jim Beam and a Diet Coke, he'll probably stay in it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you get him a straw. Yeah, exactly. Hey, can you see this continuing, Brad? Like, can you see this when uh, when we go into the normal realms and we go into an, a normal type off-season, whatever that should look like? Do you reckon supercars will all try and get up an E-championship with its drivers as well? Or do you, do you feel that yeah. this is probably something that will just just right now is, is suiting the suiting the environment? Um, no, I think it's um, I think it's something they'll talk about in the off season. They've already had a few very light discussions about it, but it makes sense that that um, if we run through the off season, that this is a, an opportunity uh, to uh, to continue on supplying uh, quality product to our fans. So no, I think um, I think this is proving to be a lot better than what people expected, and I think it will have potential to be ongoing. And we we sort of talk about this with a lot of the guests that we've had on the show, particularly in the last couple of weeks, what's your feeling about the future? When are you thinking that we'll, we'll get the, the kickoff and with formula one declaring they'll be back in early July, do you reckon that's the going to be the trendsetter once they kick off? Where is we're kicking off as well? Mm. Well, I watched a thing with the chief minister in uh, the Northern territory last week. And he said, if anyone tells you, they know what's going to be going on in two weeks time, they're either a liar or a lunatic. And so mm-hmm. that pretty much, you know, dictates that it's so hard to know. One thing's for sure, I don't think we'd be crazy to go against the government's wishes, so we need to yeah. take that into consideration. But if I was to, to take a guess, I'd go, you'd have to go mid, mid-July maybe, maybe a little later or a little earlier, but that's yeah. probably not that far out that you'd go, no, that's ridiculous. I think, you know, Australia's do, as you mentioned, a fantastic job of getting all this under control. Like, why yep. would you want to be in America or Britain or Italy? I mean, mm-hmm. so so if we can just contain it and do as we're told for a little bit longer, 
then um, then hopefully we'll lick it and we can we can get back to normal and and do some racing because um, you know it'd be great to be able to help the fans out and also get a bit of work done. Yeah, absolutely. So do you reckon Townsville might be a go, or do you reckon it'd be more like a, a potentially a, a hidden valley? I don't, I don't really know. I think I think uh, getting to Hidden Valley wouldn't be that easy because I think for the first couple, the jump on an aeroplane and fly somewhere, you know, people mightn't be that comfortable with that. So, sure. so, um, um, but but Townsville's not out of the question. I mean, you know, it sort of fits in there. And it's half road, half. It, it depends whether it's for television only or whether they they decide to let us go ahead with social distancing, which, you know, we race in a paddock most of the time. So you'd have yep. to think, unlike a stadium, that we can, you know, we can um, do a bit of that stuff. So so many things to take into consideration. But um, but obviously when we get to the point where we're ready to go to Ipswich or Winton or, you know, Tasmania, we should, we should be fine at those sort of events. And hopefully they're going to let some crowds come in. Because that's my big question: is that do we, if we do go along with the, the social distancing laws to keep a lid on this thing, do you actually build a temporary street track and do all that infrastructure? And I mean, just with respect, no. just for the safety, just for the supercars, no. or do you just do we just go listen until anything media or anything it's be we start? Track, yeah, really. it's got to be. You're, I think you're right in what you say, Brad. Ipswich, Tasmania, Winton. Um, I don't think you could bring back Malalar anytime soon, but mm. it, it's got to be no. it, it's got to be permanent tracks. It can't be street tracks until maybe Gold right. Coast Six Hundred. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, they're very expensive to build, and so you do need a crowd to offset the the um, the costs. And if you, you've got no crowd, then I just don't think you'd go to the trouble of building a a, 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 a street circuit to. For no crowd, it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense. Doesn't make when sense, can, does it? When you can go to a traditional circuit and and operate on a much smaller cost, because all that stuff will have to be taken into consideration going forward. Or it's just, I mean, it's just unbelievable where, where we're at, but what we're still able to do, you know, we're the only sporting code that can do a similar thing to what we do live, you know, and and you know, like you can't just. Like, and we've spoken about it a lot. You can't just get online and play a, a football like FIFA 19. It's not no. the same. No, no. It's not the same. We can actually get in and drive and we're doing strategy and we're making adjustments to the cars and we're, you know, as you see, the cream still rises to the top because it's still damn hard to do because it's not just – it's not a game. It's a simulation and yeah. that's the difference. From an eSports point of view, I think this absolutely has been the key to our success from motorsport. I think it's been – I know we would like to be racing, but this has been a pretty good free kick for us, looking at those numbers yeah. of, of what everyone's been looking at. When you can't race anything, and I notice on the news tonight, they're actually, everyone's now going uh, e-racing. I notice that the New South Wales and Queensland Cycling Championships are now going to be done on that. I mean, I know you and I and, and uh, Stevie Jarno that we don't get on the uh, uh, e-bikes. I'm on Zwift all the time. You're oh, yeah. on Zwift all the time, yeah, eh? Yeah. You look at me I'm in the face and you're telling e me you're on e Zwift. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, I think an e e push bike race I'm up for. I reckon yeah. I could do the Tour de France on a um, on a, on an e e uh, e course. <laughs> I don't think I could ride a bike, 
But if I've just got to sit there and stare at thing, yeah, I reckon I could give that a bit. Yeah, go. you get that. As I sit here, Bradley Jones, I don't think Stevie J has been on <laughs> Zwift cycling since it was probably sponsored <laughs> delivered to his door. Mate. He's looked at it and it's gone down to the shed because you would be trimmer than anything. Have you I'm, seen Rihanna Crean and Will Dove? They're on, they are on Zwift. You, sir, are not on Zwift. I can tell you what, I'm the only bloke that has been able to find um, a Krispy Kreme on Zwift. I can, I've found that. All right? I've found a Macca's. I've found a lot of places on Zwift, food places, that the professional cyclists don't find. Incredible. All right, listen, we better let Brad Jones go because the right... Race uh, race number one tonight has just started, just started yep. in Montreal. Brad Jones yep. from Brad Jones Racing. We really appreciate your time tonight on the driver's seat, Goes I Racing. Uh, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Brad Jones from Brad Jones Racing, our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR or is it imar.com.au. And remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app available in the App Store. And you can listen to Matt and Steve live every Wednesday night covering the E-Series as it happens. We do it thanks to Kubota, building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Great to have your company on the driver's seat catch-up. Thanks to Kubota for over 40 years we've been making Tomorrow Matter and together we're building Australia throughout the BP Supercars All-Star E-Series. Matt and Steve will be live on the driver's seat app, so grab it from the App Store and Google Play. Right now, though, it's time to slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Malcolm, how are you tonight? Very well, gentlemen, and yourself? Yeah, not bad. Good. It's been a good show. Um, well, interesting. Well, I like the way that you started this week's show with gentlemen instead of G'day Legends and Hello Matt. That's That was much nicer this week, <laughs> so thank you for that. I was going to say that you were Ronald McDonald's stunt double, but I thought I'd leave that one alone. <laughs> Now, listen, Malcolm's here thanks to Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter. Together, we are building Australia. Now, we, we were talking about on the SMS today, Malcolm, about there's a lot of, in this ever-changing world, there's a lot of confusion and maybe a lot of people don't know which car company owns which brands nowadays. Yes, it's really confusing. And uh, particularly in the last decade or so, we've seen partnerships, we've seen sales, production stopping in many markets, separations, bankruptcies, entire brands killed off. So it's really difficult in this sort of musical chair or chairs world to keep up with who owns who and and uh, what brand is what. So yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So who so, let's, so let's run through it. Let's let's get sort of an idea of and we know I think the domestic brands don't we like Ford's owned by Ford, Mazda's owned by Mazda. When I say domestic brands, I mean the stuff that you can buy here generally. That Toyota's you, owned by Toyota. That you and I can afford, Stevie J, that kind of stuff. But it's more... Oh, so I didn't say any Peugeots, mate. Sorry. Who are they owned by, Malcolm? Peugeot. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're owned by um, no one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, moving Peugeot's on. been owned by... Moving on. I, I Look, listen. Okay, hang on a second. Let's just pump the brakes here. Years ago, I owned a Peugeot. It was convertible oh. and it was not – oh, thank you, Jason. And it yeah, was Jason. no good, right? But I bought it cheap and away we go. I now have a Mustang, right? So just putting it out there, I now have a V8 Mustang. It's very good. I love it. Let's just move on from the whole he's Peugeot just, thing. He's oh. just trying to make up for it. How long, did, how long did you have the Peugeot for? About 12 months. And then I flicked it because <laughs> – Owens and Johnson were into me too hard. So, Malcolm, let's talk about the international brands that we all know and love. Who owns who and and who owns who in the zoo? 
Okay, so most people know, like for example, that Lexus is Toyota's luxury arm, that BMW owns Mini, but did you know that Lamborghini is run by Audi, which is owned by Volkswagen? So that's a bit of a different one. Yeah. Or that yeah. Porsche tried to take over Volkswagen in the early 2000s, nearly went bankrupt doing so, and then ended up being acquired by Volkswagen. How's that? Or so, that yeah, Holden Volkswagen owned a lot. Yeah, let's really go through the Volkswagen list. And um, just so you know, Peugeot don't they, don't, they own, don't they own Bentley as well? Yep, Volkswagen owns Audi, Bentley, Bugatti, Lamborghini, Porsche, Skoda, and of course Volkswagen. So yeah. quite a uh, a good collection of brands, and there's some other ones in there because when they acquired mm. Porsche, it was their tenth major brand, and they really wanted to sit it up there next to Audi and Bentley as their as their primo brands. But yeah, hence the reason why they brands in that. Hence the reason why they've uh, uh, across all of those brands, there's not as many diesel cars anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, another good one is BMW. Yeah. <laughs> um, because BMW owns BMW, obviously, but it also owns Mini, which we know, uh, but they own Rolls-Royce as well. And um, did Rolls know Royce that. Owned, yeah. Rolls-Royce owned Bentley until 1980 and when it went bankrupt. So then Bentley went to Volkswagen and Rolls-Royce went to BMW. So uh, the, the Germans are uh, very good at acquiring brands. So things like Ferrari, who owned Ferrari? Ferrari owned Ferrari. Um, it's, it's one of the few independents. Um, it's, it's an interesting story, the, the Ferrari one, because um, it was owned by Fiat Chrysler for a long time. And then it was spun off in, the, in 2016 to become its own company. So it's publicly listed. So about 70%, 67% owned by the public. Uh, 23% by an investment company called Exora, and there's 10% still retained by the Ferrari family. So that's had uh, had a few uh, had a few, few moves around as well. And mate, I'll, so if, I'll if ask. Just, oh, yeah, go on. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, there's very few that are still just owned by themselves. Yeah. Um, Aston Martin is, Subaru, Suzuki, Mazda, um, and then some of the more niche brands such as Tesla and, and McLaren, but the rest are all in uh, in other groups. Do you know who owns thirty percent of of, uh, of Aston Martin? Toto Wolff. No, who owns? Toto Wolff, who nothing. is the uh, the team director of Mercedes Benz F one F one. He owns thirty percent of uh, of Aston Martin in an acquisition. I think only about fourteen days ago. And I'm going to test your research here, Malcolm. Jaguar. Who owns Jaguar? Who do you think owns Jaguar? I know exactly who owns Jaguar because <laughs> I used to work for Jaguar. But you tell me. Okay, well, well Jaguar is owned by Tata in, in India. So if you look at Tata, the best yep. of British, Tata, yeah. So the best of British, um, Jaguar, Rover, and Land Rover, owned by Tata. And in China, they own MG, Lotus, and Volvo. Wow, Volvo. this is just crazy. Volvo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Volvo. Um, it's, it's, and it's funny. by a company called Geely. Right. It's. I mean, it's just. It's. It's very bizarre, isn't it? How it's all worked out with who owns who, and obviously they keep the brands going because they've got some stature within the brand uh, equity. Yeah, exactly. But um, um, and and going just going back a little bit, Malcolm, to the Ferrari side of things and how Fiat used to own Ferrari, and that was always cemented in, in the back of my brain as, as an image. Oh, as we see Will Davison oh. in the supercar E-Series starting off the front row for the reverse grid race and 
head punching the uh, the Armco absolutely <laughs> wide open. He'd be used to that from uh, from Tasmania quite a few years ago. So I wonder if his uh, family jewels are sore like they were back then. Um, but Malcolm, the 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 vision that I'm having is the old Ferrari cars racing around, winning all the races that they did uh, with that massive big Fiat. Uh, and it, it stuck out quite big. It was big blue Fiat on the side of the, the engine cowl of their race cars for as many years as I can remember. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, um, I think Fiat um, was a part of them very, very early on. So it's, um, it, it's been decades and decades. And if you look at Fiat, um, which is now Fiat Chrysler, so Fiat owns Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, Dodge, obviously the Fiat brand, Jeep and Maserati, and they're also merging at this point with a company called Group PSA, which is Peugeot and Citroen. And they own Citroen, Peugeot, Opel and Vauxhall as well. So they've, they've got a huge amount. So the Europeans are still absolutely out there with the brands. When you think a lot of them are moving over to, to Chinese brands or to Indian brands, they're, uh, the vast majority is still held in, um, in Europe. And, and really Ford and, and GM being really the two only US companies now that are, that are manufacturing cars and then you've had Tesla which has been the most successful new car intro- introduction in uh, in the last 20 odd years and that was 2003. So mate question without notice um, we know you're a bit of an automotive guru both classic and, and current spec what is COVID-19 and this current global crisis going to do to the automotive industry, I'd be really interested in your, you know, you're obviously quite high up in business and, I, and I'm interested in your thoughts on how that's going to affect all these brands and sales and all that kind of thing. I think any brands that were struggling, um, and I think generally speaking, not just automotive brands, and we see it in Tractor World, we see it in, in every world. If the brand was struggling, this could be the death knell for them. And it's a bit of natural selection in that some brands that possibly shouldn't be continuing and, and we saw that in Australia unfortunately with the um, the likes of, of Holden which now as a brand actually doesn't exist um, but you, you'll probably see some more musical chairs with brands moving around now I'm not really that close to which brands are in trouble but you should um, some of the issues and, and we're seeing this in, in the tractor world is that some of the factories around Europe are closing for one week two weeks and you're starting to see stress on on the workforces and on the um, ability to fund the manufacturing process. So you might have customers around the world, but if if your manufacturing is in Italy, um, nothing's coming out of there at the moment. So it's not yeah. about the dealerships having staff or social distancing, even the ability to sell the product or even discounting. They just don't have the product to sell. It's going to be, I reckon, a very interesting, of all of the different industries and there are millions of them obviously it's going to be very interesting to see how some of these brands uh have made it through and and whether they survive obviously we've seen holden depart be interesting to see how ford which is you know so heavily steeped in the u.s boys uh how that's going to be affected moving forward from a manufacturing point of view from a sales point of view it's all going to be very interesting and then and then obviously we, we talk motorsport you and i stevie j about 24 yep. 7 we bore the hell out of everybody but it's going to be interesting to see how sponsorships of those companies and factory programs and and all of that kind of stuff uh come good it'll be interesting all right now well, i think the other thing you, you could sorry the other thing you're going to see is that like in australia before the closure is that that, that some of the company com- countries that are manufacturing they'll, they'll lose the manufacturing and they'll never go back 
So things will tighten up again. And um, as yeah. the brand starts to look towards globalisation, we'll probably see more, more different brands built in China and India, even from BMW and, and Ford, and, and um, not owned necessarily by them, but certainly outsourced to, to various parts around the world. All right, Malcolm, what I love about this segment is each week we just you educate us that little bit more. And who knew that Matt McKeldin have such smart friends? <laughs> Malcolm Owens, thank you very much for joining us tonight, mate. And we'll catch you next week uh, on the driver's seat goes iRacing. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks, on. mate. Thanks, there you go. That was the Classic Cars Corner. For Kubota. Building Australia. We catch up with Malcolm Owens every week on the driver's seat for the Classic Cars Corner. If you've got a question, make sure you post it on our Facebook page or grab the driver's seat app and send it via there. Listen to the driver's seat across Australia for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. Thanks to Kubota Building Australia and Matt and Steve are live on a Wednesday night from 7pm to 9pm Eastern Standard Time. Hang out with the lads live during the E-Series and get the app and have a listen. The boys caught up with Matty Mingay, who's got a brand new movie coming out called Challenge Accepted. It's a documentary about his life and he joined the boys to have a yarn about it. Matty, tell us about your new movie. Oh, thanks guys. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I shot the film Mission Impossible 2 back in 2001 and it still doesn't matter where I go, everyone always says, oh, Tom Cruise's son double. So, <laughs> you know, near 20 years old. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. My, um, my doco is, my doco is um, coming out in the um, middle of the year. And, um, yeah, especially all my whole upbringing and um, my whole career. And uh, I was sun riding and drifting and, uh, and, 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 and SSC stock racing of late, which was my major accident. So... Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty in depth. Mate, um, that was, and that's something that has really frightened the bejesus out of all of us to see that happen, especially, you know, knowing you for, for a long time um, through the racing scene. But, um, uh, like, to go through what you went through um, and to have it actually documented the way you did, I mean, was just phenomenal for and, and graphical stuff for people to see just what, you know, a lot of people go through, you know, big injuries like that. But for you to get back in behind the wheel, mate, um, in that uh, stadium super truck at Adelaide, I mean, how were you going into that? I mean, you've got to have been fairly anxious, surely. Yeah, it was pretty full on. It was a pretty major accident where I rolled in Detroit and, um, yeah, broke my neck and uh, severe brain injuries and the, and the bar came through and completely shattered my lower chin, um, upper chin and... Lost nine and a half teeth. My injuries go on and on. And, um, man, I just, I just wanted to... I was in hospital for 13 weeks and I just wanted to come home. And um, I, the, the sooner I get behind the wheel and set the handlebars onto my hands, the happier I'd be. It was, it was what I lived for. And, um, uh, unfortunately, Cairns wouldn't give my license back for some amount, some amount of years. It took me four years to finally get my license. And... Um, Got the got a chance to race stadium trucks again in Adelaide in March this year, and I oh, I loved it. I was frothing in the beer, couldn't wait to get in. Um, everyone couldn't couldn't believe I was I was getting back in again, but oh, I just couldn't wait. So, mate, it's, it, your accident's been well documented, um, and just recently you've brought out 
a documentary on the journey from that horrendous accident to your recovery in Adelaide and a life Just, journey and, and yeah, like totally. Um, run us through that because it's it looks like a great great doco. And I'm going to come over and look at it before it's launched, Matthew. So just to, <laughs> as an FYI, because I do live around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's due out. Uh, the, the trailer's already out. Uh, it's due out in the middle of the year. But um, yeah, my, my lovely wife, Sheena, she filmed a lot of it on GoPro. Um, I've documented a whole lot of my was in uh, pretty, pretty much vegetable uh, in Detroit for nearly two and a half weeks. And, uh, um, and flew home as a hospital in Australia for 10 weeks. And um, yeah, I was in a bad way. My, my jaw was wired together for three weeks and um, couldn't speak anyway and just rolled my eyes when anyone spoke to me. So my brain injury was pretty full on. So, yeah, it was, it was certainly a bad way, that's for sure. And, and as Stevie's Jay said, you got back into the stadium super truck. When you look back on how you went that weekend, was it a successful comeback for you? Or can you now look back and go, right, oh, I need to sharpen up on this and I need to sharpen up, given the fact that we're all sitting on our butts for the next couple of months and obviously you're going to get to race again. Has it been a, a good opportunity for you to sit down and get a physical marker on where you're at as well, how you performed in the car? Oh, absolutely! You know, look, look. The, hard, the hardest thing for me was putting up with all my family and friends constantly lecturing me about being safe. And um, so, I, I, I all I wanted to, to achieve, I wanted to finish the race, and uh, obviously not come last either. Which I, I was about middle of the pack. You know, I, I had some truck issues on a couple of races, but apart from that, I, I did, did pretty good. I mean, obviously. Uh, being my first time back in the truck, I, I did take it fairly lightly. I did last thing in the world I wanted to do was have a crash, and every single person, man and his dog, go, "Oh, he's crashed because of his brain injury, or because he's because yeah. he crashed last time." So I just want to do that one a little bit. So, apart from that, I, I I didn't have a slight scratch or a slight little mishap. So I did pretty good. How good is that? Like I, uh, I had an injury, a brain injury in November last year as well. I had to have an operation, and I raced a Trans Am car in Adelaide. I don't know about you, but my wife, the moment I got out of the car, I did about ten or fifteen minutes of vision and data, and then my wife dragged me by the collar off circuit back to the hotel room just to go back to sleep <laughs> because I was I was still so tired after a uh, after such a massive operation so it, and, and I got through that like... operation by the way only took about five or eight seconds <laughs> unlike yours Maddie which took like 13 hours it didn't take long for them to operate on Maddie McKeldon's brain I've got to tell you there is only one other bloke that I know that's had a brain surgery longer than me and that's Matt Mingay mine was nine and a half hours how long was yours Matt Oh, I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't have no idea. I, I, I thought he said, well, my wife just said it was, it was 10 hours. She had a little wow. voice in the background, so it was 10 hours. That's so I, crazy. I, I think I had five or six surgeries on my chin and neck and my, my broken neck and, and my forehead and just inserting my, my whole chin still made of titanium. All my teeth are, are false and just, yeah, endless operations. And I've got to tell you, mate, I do have a bone to pick with you because prior to your accident, uh, my major partner is Kubota Tractors. And we are up at 
up at uh, Townsville one day and they had the stadium super trucks there and all the guys were there and they said, Matty McKeldon, you are driving that next year. You are locked in. We are That's the best sport ever, stadium super trucks. You're going. Then you go and have your accident. My wife sat me down and said, there's two things you're not doing while we're married. You're never going to drive a Harley Davidson and you're never going to drive a stadium super truck because poor old Matty Mingo just ripped his head off almost. So thanks for that, mate. I didn't ever get to drive a stadium super truck. Hey, Matt will give you a run in his. I'll swap you. You can have a run in my Trans Am car and I'll have a run in your stadium super truck. I'm just not allowed to race it. I've had that. I've had that a couple of times before already. I, I, when I was racing in, in Detroit, because um, the major axle wasn't my fault, it was because the wall wasn't uh, fixed properly. It had no steel pillars in it, so yeah. that's why I moved and beheaded, took off the whole roof of the truck. And from that moment on, two of the truck drivers uh, walked away, wouldn't race again, and they still have not, never raced again. So yeah. uh, you're not the lone, lone ranger in that one, mate. Um, mate, that's like looking. I guess looking back at that, and we're, you know, I don't want to talk about this all night. There's so many other good things to talk about. But um, one thing that really was cool for me and it's close to home for us and, and obviously for our family is that we're obviously involved with um, with Roger Penske, with obviously DJR Team Penske. Now, he played a, a very big role in getting you to the right hospital and getting you there quickly, um, which which possibly saved your life. Am I correct? Absolutely, Roger was great. He he was he was a saviour. He um he uh, put put me in exactly the right hospital and exactly the right surgeon. Luckily, the surgeon was an absolute wizard with with chins. And um, I was uh, I stayed there for two and a half weeks. Then he gave me um, it's the same uh, one that uh, Dolph Lundgren goes to. Um, so and he gave me a private jet from Detroit through to, to LA, and he, he sent two doctors with me to um, to look after me on my private jet flight, just to make sure I could fly properly. And um, and then and then I was first class from LA to back to Australia, all thanks to Roger. Now, when I got back to Australia, I, I waited. Well, I think it was like nine months for Bathurst, and I saw him at Bathurst. So I went and saw him and thanked him very much. He didn't recognise me to start with because my the state I was in when he when he saw me, so it was really good to thank him very much, Lee. So and um, give good pat on the back. It just it just goes to show these days it's not what you know it's who you know, isn't it? So just to be able to um, oh absolutely just to be able to you know meet people like that it's just you know it's just just phenomenal. So hey mate, um, moving along, obviously your young fella Madzi. Um, a little daredevil in himself, and uh, you know, along with yourself and and him, obviously backed by Hot Wheels and and Castrol and many other partners. But mate, he's uh, every time I see him, he's just he's he's not far behind you now. I mean, he's going to overtake you in the stunt world, I believe, from what I'm seeing anyway. Oh, he's a little bugger. Um, we, <laughs> we do we do quite we do quite a few quite a few events together at raw shows where we race trucks, my super truck against his little. His little trophy cart, and his little trophy cart has got a four four fifty in it. And he, because uh, it's a small error, he generally beats me. And I try my hardest to beat him. And I can't beat the little bugger. Do, does Mrs. Mingo and, uh, have any same. say in any of this, Matt? Does does she say, mate, that, you, that you're not doing that, and and Madzy, you're not doing that? No. Either, and... <laughs> goes 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 in one ear out the, out the other, mate. Does, does not listen to one little bit. You know what Matty does do? He does chuck Sheenzy 
in the uh, in the trailer behind the uh, the rod on mower to tow around, and she ends up falling ass over straight onto the ground. And Matt just laughs, films it, and just drives off. So she's she's a good girl for hanging around. For as long. Uh, <laughs> I was speaking of about Maz again. Last year we had uh, the Jamboree at Willowbank. They gave me the 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 instructions to do whatever I want. So I put on the, the very first little Gymkhana, had a Gymkhana event. And I hired, uh, I, I got 12, sorry, 11 of the top drifters there on Australia. So it was myself plus 10 other drifters and Madzi performing his little uh, Aussie legend. <laughs> now he, he qualified third. He qualified third. Wow. And he, and he came fifth. He came fifth. He was the only 12 year old kid by far against uh, 10 of the top drifters, drifters oh, so 11 of the top drifters in Australia. And uh, he, he, he certainly blew me away. He's very, is he good very, at school? Is he good at school? Like, He's is his future going to be in the classroom or is his future going to be, you know, rolling, hanging around with Dad, rolling around the circuits of Australia like a lunatic? Huh? What he's really good at is really good at detentions. <laughs> right, so he's going to be rolling around with dad around the tracks around Australia. I reckon there's there's two people I don't reckon I would want to be my father. I reckon Dick Johnson. That would it would have been hard growing up as Dick Johnson's son. Only maybe slightly uh, Matt Mingay's son. I reckon that's a hard gig. Like you've got to do things as Matt Mingay's son that most kids look at, start crying, and run off to their bedroom and jump on their iPads. I'd hate to be Matt Mingay's son. <laughs> It's, it's funny. It's funny when quite often I pick up Madzi from school in my my Hot Wheels jacked up Ranger, and uh, I parked parked there, and all the kids come running over and all I want to say hi, and Madzi just brushes off and shrugs his shoulders. So it's just dad. It's just dad. Who cares? It's just dad. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, what's what's the future from here? Outline. You know, where you go from here with your recovery, but also with the shows and supercars and, and your plans for your stunt business. What's what's the future hold for Matt Mingay? Oh, look, look I'm going to, every year I up the ante and whether I get crazy other drivers in to help me out or, or now, now, this year was playing Madzi was in nearly every, every major show with me in the little drift car. So he's come along with great guns, and um, and as of as of March this year, when I got my my license back to race SSCs again, I was virtually going to do every round of the SSC racing as, uh, as well. So, so with a bit of luck, I'll have, I'll have my butt in the one SSC truck for the for the remainder. Well, but we'll wait and see how it goes. I, I never I never plan too far ahead. Just play year by year and just see how it goes. To be honest. All right, Matty Mingay, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the driver's seat goes iRacing tonight and quite an inspirational story as well. And it's really good news to hear you're on the men, mate. Mate, much appreciated, boys. Thanks very much for having me. These are the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter and together we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. And welcome back to the driver's seat, the catch-up edition. And you can tune in to Matt and Steve live on a Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the driver's seat app. Rev up your smartphone. We've got a bunch of articles, catch up on all the podcasts and interviews there as well. Almost time to wrap up this week. But let's see what the big moment from round four of the Supercars E-Series was in our Bendix Breaks Big Moments. 
Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. Want cleaner wheels? Fit Bendix Brakes? Drama, race two at Montreal. <laughs> Drama, I don't know if that word cuts it. That is, That was worse than the, the Homebush accident in 2010 <laughs> when it started the raining. They're all in the fence. Uh, so what actually happened was Logano was starting on P2. Jack Smith was starting on P1. The light went green, and I think both of them forgot to put it in gear. And I think actually Jack Smith might have had it in reverse. And, <laughs> he literally uh, went nowhere. <laughs> they went nowhere. And as is custom when you go nowhere off the front row, everyone fires straight into the back <laughs> of you. I mean, if that was a wrestling match, uh, the commentators would have called out pandemonium because at the back there, that was out of control. In fact, <laughs> enough to bring out the Vodafone safety car. So, Coulthard from Mostert. Zane Goddard up there in P3. Unbelievably, that I say this, Win Cup in P4. Well, that's... Unbelievable that he's there. There's still eight laps to go. <laughs> and it was a reverse grid. Let's just wait. Uh, Hazelwood, P5. Reynolds, P6. Uh, Waters, P7. Uh, Fullwood, Davison and Kostecki uh, is your top ten. It's going to be interesting to see. Luckily, the safety car has been brought out. Um, I'm not sure if they're able to pit under safety car or not. I don't think they are because there's still a lot of damaged cars there. As we see more going around in the background. Under safety car. This under safety car. <laughs> That's Gary Jacobson in the uh, in the Kubota car there. Scotty McLaughlin's giving him a hurry up. Yeah. Well, he has to because he's, uh, he's too far back off the train. So Scott's up the back of him trying to get him to move. So, uh, Pandemonium boys, absolute madness. That's what we love about reverse grid races. And if this was a real race, I reckon we'd have just torn up about $20 million. It was like Tasmania about three or four years ago. It was cars everywhere. Yep. Alex Davison got touched up. So did Chris Pither, Todd Hazelwood. They're all into it. Jack LeBrock fires into everyone. Someone was on their roof as well. I'm not sure who Uh, that was. Nick Perkett in the Dunlop entry. Uh, He got run into and put on his side as well. Ah, look, there we go. The pits is open. Everybody is in the pits. (laughs) (laughs) Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. This has been the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.